0: Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the reading of the October edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. We're going to start with this article from Poem Fest. Get on the poetry train, Crestone Poetry Festival, the sixth annual. Crestone Poetry Festival, which begins Thursday evening, October 12th, and runs through Sunday morning, October 15th, is shaping up to be a lively weekend for lovers of the spoken and written word. Poets from all over the Southwest will converge on Crestone to share their work and meet other poets. Local poets will have ample opportunities to do the same. Those who just want to listen in on some lively performances, we will have plenty of events to choose from, as will those who might like to hone their writing skills in a variety of workshops being offered. Poem Fest kicks off Thursday, October 12th at 6 p.m. with a reading at the Crestone Charter School. Local poets will open up the event, followed by Swatch County students, some of whom will be receiving awards for their submissions to a student contest sponsored every year by the Poem Fest com- committee. The Poetry Awards are endowed in memory of Carolyn Brown, who was a great supporter of PoemFest and many other community organizations. The Thursday reading, which will honor Carolyn, will conclude with a lively performance by a well-known Colorado poet soon to be announced. Stay tuned on the Poetry Festival website, poemfest.com. For those wanting to live into the practice of poetry, whether beginners or seasoned poets, A wide range of workshops will be offered on Friday and Saturday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. at the Colorado College Baca campus. For those who want to share their work informally, poetry circles will be forming on the campus each day from noon to 1.30. Come on by and look for the Poetry Cafe. Other open mics will be held where poets can perform their work with musical backup. Seth and the World Mechanics coming The word mechanics coming to us from the stage of the well-known Mercury Cafe in Denver will provide poets with that opportunity at T Road Brewery from 8 to 10 p.m. Friday, October 13th. On Saturday, October 14th from 8 to 10 p.m., come by the Colorado College Auditorium and lay some words down on a psychedelic punketry groove with Black Market Translation, a band that's been lighting it up in the front-range poetry community. Early evening readings, offered on Friday and Saturday from 6 to 7.30 p.m., will feature poets from various watersheds around our region. Coming to us from the San Miguel and Colorado Rivers, poets Art Goodtimes and Danny Rosen will offer some lively words from the Western Slope. Esther Villan and Jesse Maloney will be appearing with other DNA poets from the San Juan Watershed and the Navajo Nation. Anne McNaughton founder and longtime instigator of the Taos Poetry Circus, will be coming up the Rio Grande and performing with poets from Taos and the Taos Pueblo. For more scheduled details, including these evening readings and other popular events like the Closing Poetry Circle on Sunday, led by Art Good Times, visit the website poemfest.com. And now turning to some news by the SLV Free Fridge Project. SLV Free Fridge Project aims to combat food insecurity. With a goal to provide food access to anyone in need 24 hours a day, the SLV Free Fridge Project will be a safe space to pick up ready-made meals, grab-and-go snacks, and ideally, many other items including pet supplies, personal protective equipment, and some hygiene products. Ashley Hurst and Natasha Mills McKim are undertaking this project. Hurst and Males McKim work for the School Wellness Project under the University of Colorado. They provide a nutrition and physical education curriculum and lessons to the preschool and elementary schools across the San Luis Valley. Your kids may know them as the Nutrition Ladies. Hurst has lived in the SLV her entire adult life and has her had her own experiences with food insecurity, which is widespread and widely experienced issue in our rural communities. The COVID-19 pandemic only inflamed the issue, with groceries becoming more expensive and less abundant while wages didn't increase to meet our inflated prices. In addition, with many people losing work, our community has seen a steady increase in the unhoused populations of our towns around the SLV. While there are already resources in existence to help combat these issues and offer support to these vulnerable populations, many of these resources must be actively attended, meaning that they can only function within certain hours since many of these establishments depend on people who are already fully employed elsewhere. The benefit of the SLV Free Fridge Project is that people of all backgrounds can access good food at any time, helping ensure that no one goes hungry. The SLP Free Fridge project needs assistance in several areas before it can be available to the community. Hearst is looking for experienced people who can manage projects such as this on an ongoing basis. Hearst is pleased to announce that funding has already been secured for the purchase of two refrigerators as a donation to this effort. All suggestions for locations for hosting and assistance in securing supplies, grants, and ideas for this project are welcome. Please reach out to Ashley Hurst at that's Ashley dot H-U-R-S-T at That's A S H L E Y dot H U R S T at C U That's C U A N S C H U T Z dot edu. Ashley Hurst at C U dot edu. And now we have a letter to the Crestone Eagle about property tax relief a letter to Swatch County property owners from the county commissioners, property tax understanding and relief. Many Swatch County property owners were surprised and concerned when they received their notice of property value and estimated new tax earlier this year. The real estate market soared during the pandemic and those real estate market increases are reflected in residential property owners' valuations, many increasing 100% from the previous valuation period. According to County Administrator Wendy Mays, Swatch County total property valuations, including agricultural and commercial, which are valued differently than residential, have risen from a total collective value of $95,843,000 in 2022 to $123,118,000 in 2023, an increase of 28%. Notice of valuations are conducted every odd-numbered year, and for residential properties are based on consideration of the market or, basically, the price your home would bring on the open market. The percentage of the property value that will be taxed is an adjusted value determined by Colorado legislators. In the past, the Gallagher Amendment, an amendment to the Colorado State Constitution, was used to prevent unjustified increases in property taxes as the housing market in Colorado has risen over the years. In 2020, this amendment was rescinded. In 2022, the legislature reduced the assessment rate, the percentage of your home's value that is taxed, to 6.95% and then down to 6.75%. Another 0.05% reduction will be part of a complicated proposition on the ballot in November. Proposition HH. To summarize the factors above, the real estate market drives residential property values. Market value can be recognized but cannot be changed. Assessed values are driven by assessment rates set by the legislature, must be uniform across the entire state and may not be adjusted locally. Mill levies are local and may be lowered other than for schools with bonds which are locked in by state statute. Sawatch County has several taxing authorities that place mill levies on taxes to be paid by property owners. They include Swatch County itself, which is only about 10% of your taxes. Other taxing districts include your local school district, local towns, water conservation districts, water and sanitation districts, fire protection districts, ambulance districts, library districts, and others that make up the rest of your bill. Each assess a mill levy that, added together, determines how much property owners will owe on their assessed value. The many taxing entities of Swatch County have been convened together to discuss the temporary lowering of the mill levy, or taxing percentage that each taxing entity will collect. If the mill levies are not lowered for 2024 payments due, then taxing entities such as Watch County, school districts, and fire and ambulance districts may increase their revenues at a cost to taxpayers. SB 23-108, allowing temporary reductions in property tax due, is a measure that passed in the final hours of this legislative session and was strongly supported by commissioners throughout the state. The measure provides taxing entities clear authority to float mill levies as needed, as long as they don't exceed what voters approved. Because we do have the authority to act and the citizens we serve are facing steep property tax increases that are well above the rate of inflation, the Swatch County Board of County Commissioners is exploring the possibility of coordinating with all county taxing entities in an effort to reduce the total mill rates that impact property owners. If you have any questions, you may reach out to the Swatch County Assessor's Office or the Swatch County Commissioners with contact information found at the website, swatchcounty.colorado.gov. Respectfully, Swatch County Board of Commissioners, Tom McCracken, District 1, Lynn Thompson, District 2, and Liza Marone, District 3. And now turning to some commentary, conflict during energy fair talk stirs debate from the Crestone Eagle. An incident at the Crestone Energy Fair on September sixteenth was captured on Jeff Winsett's Crestone radio and podcast video and it spread rapidly through social media. The matter was also directed to the Crestone Eagle newspaper. After discussion how to best treat this incident, the Crestone Eagle has chosen to air responses from the involved parties. Chris Canali response: Dear Editor. Thanks for giving me the opportunity to respond to the Crestone Energy Fair event. A big thanks to the Crestone Energy Fair organizers. It was a beautiful, well-executed event. The town was transformed. It was especially enjoyable catching up and connecting with folks. I also want to apologize to David Diamond and Leah Shaper of Oppenheimer Ranch and to the folks participating in their presentation on Sunday. I interrupted their presentation, which was disrespectful. In hindsight, it would have been better to just order the eggplant sandwich from the nearby food vendor and move on. As someone who has worked on climate change mitigation for 35 years through natural resource protection, however, I went into job mode and was compelled to redirect what I perceived as disempowering information. I cannot fathom hearing that climate change is a hoax. The climate fear has to end. There is no climate catastrophe. We are not in crisis. This is not an emergency. This is a bunch of hogwash. That declaration was coupled by other comments such as, you're not going to be able to rely on emergency services if the grid goes down from solar flares or EMP, electromagnetic pulse bombs, disparaging the ability, almost insinuating incompetence of local infrastructure, I felt the very sponsors of the Crestone Energy Fair were being targeted as not dependable. The other trigger for me, no pun intended, connected with the advocation of Second Amendment rights. Quote, there's a trained sniper who can protect the road coming into town, and I can go to the sniper and learn how to shoot better, end quote. This struck me as fatalistic at a time when we need to be working better together. So. This sovereignty presentation, exploring approaches to problems differently than the mainstream, quote unquote, whatever that is supposed to mean these days, appeared to me to be an isolationist point of view. I may have misinterpreted that. Unfortunately, there wasn't a recording leading up to my disruption, so the quotes above are based on what happened during portions of the exchange, which were recorded by a participant. To be clear, I am a firm believer in nurturing autonomy. But from my experience, the best way to have flexibility and freedom of choice is to build a reliable infrastructure, which provides stability for all of us, especially when folks can be compensated for their own produced energy, which many in Colorado are working to make happen. With 8 billion people on the planet, it's imperative that we manage ourselves and resources better on an unprecedented scale. An opportunity is currently presenting itself with renewable energy infrastructure funding for this type of innovation. This is being spearheaded by the Federal Inflation Reduction Act, IRA. Even our local SLV Rural Electric Co-op has been involved in writing grants to develop solar next to substations, one of which is Moffitt. And it would be inspiring to see that type of community benefit highlighted at the energy fair. Finally, it needs to be said Please be careful with what is being pushed on social media. The fossil fuel industry sees this unprecedented IRA investment funding as a threat, and they are getting very clever at creating confusion and finding ways to defund it. It is politically motivated, so be wary of misinformation campaigns. Even if you don't believe in climate change, fossil fuels pollute the environment, our land and our water. Let's try a different approach. If you follow the history of metallurgy, first, it was a stone, which dug up copper, which dug up tin ore. Tin and copper made bronze. Bronze tools dug up iron, etc., until we get to steel. Steel dug up petrol, and petrol will support our transition to renewable energy. So let's stop burning petrol on the scale we are today. We have other choices. It's clear David and Leah of of Oppenheimer Ranch are motivated to make the world a better place. May they pursue this effort in peace, at least from me. Thanks again for the opportunity, and once again, may a couple for the disruption. Didn't mean to throw an EMP, emotional mental projectile bomb, into the works. Yes, I am soon planning on taking some time off. Jeff Winsett also did an interview podcast on Facebook, Crestone Radio, and podcast. Thanks, Jeff. Sincerely. Chris Canali. And now Oppenheimer responds. For those who may not be familiar with us, the Oppenheimer Ranch Project is committed to finding solutions for healthy, sustainable, and vibrant living in the face of the challenges of a rapidly changing world. As such, we have spent years researching repeating cycles, natural catastrophes, and changes in Earth's history, as well as the implications of policy initiatives pushed by unelected globalist elites. Because of this research, we have spent the last eight and a half years building a sustainable homestead outside of Pag- Pagosa Springs that will carry us through such changes. We also discuss these topics on our YouTube channels, Oppenheimer Ranch Project and Magnetic Reversal News. We have, welcomed, we have been welcome to speak at the Creststone Energy Fair on such topics for several years now and have found ourselves well received as such talks generally invoke a productive exchange of ideas with Crestonians. We also sponsor the event with free advertising because we value the exchange of ideas so much. However, this year, we found our talk on Sunday being rudely interrupted and shouted down by Chris Canali for reasons that are not clear to us. We do not know Chris, and we suspect she was not familiar with us either. One of the cornerstones of our talk, Reclaim Your Sovereignty, was to illustrate the importance of utilizing the specific skills and knowledge of individuals in one's community as a way of retaining community sovereignty in the face of potential threats. Unfortunately, the cameraman's SD card filled up before the initial interruption could be captured. But as we recall it occurred as we were talking about the utility of having relationships with those who have medical or military training, for example, in the event that the community must survive on its own. Not being mind readers, we are not sure what triggered Chris to interrupt. Perhaps it was the mention of firearms or an assumption that we are political—that we are people that belong in a certain political box. But we were at this point accused of being fear mongers, of being unbalanced, of being rude, and of not being interested in solutions. The audience was likewise shamed for listening to us. Chris also seemed to be upset that we had not mentioned climate change, a topic on which, based on our extensive study, we have a very different perspective than she apparently does. During the argument that ensued with with the interruption, Chris seemed unwilling to hear some of the unfortunate facts about the current state of things that concern us. Examples are the threat of a solar flare to our electric grid, such as happened during the 1859 Carrington event and resulted in the telegraph lines being set on fire, the dependence on oil and gas to make renewables like solar panels, or that the mining of minerals like lithium and cobalt for use in batteries is highly polluting and presents a humanitarian child labor crisis in mines elsewhere in the world. While we may have different perspectives than Chris about the realities of the world around us, we suspect there are many topics such as alternative non-polluting materials for batteries that we could have discussed productively if our time to give a talk had been respected. Instead, we experienced being shouted over and a mocking attitude anytime we mentioned a fact that Chris did not like. This is a shame, because facts cannot be discounted because of the way we may feel about them, and full acknowledgement of the facts is the only way to have productive discussion about the world's challenges. Audience members pointed out that there would be a question and answer session that could be utilized for discussion, but this was ignored. At one point, Chris left but returned later to interrupt us again, even going so far as coming up to try to take our microphones twice. We suggested Chris give her own talk, but let us give ours. We also suggested that if she did not want to hear what we had to say, she was perfectly free to walk away but she does not have the right to prohibit the audience from listening to a talk they willingly stayed to hear. And there is no such thing as a good idea that can only be heard by shouting down someone else. In our view, the crux of the problem of this situation was that it was an attempt to prohibit our free speech and the free exchange of ideas simply because what we had to say was disliked by Chris. Ironically, it is this free exchange of ideas we see as a cornerstone of community sovereignty that allows solutions to be found, something we would imagine Chris would want. The silver lining, however, is that the very productive question and answer period we had after Chris was finally pulled away, not all of which was captured on video, unfortunately, illustrated perfectly how the discussion of important questions, issues, and ideas is the super glue that will help any community survive through the challenges that come. This was written by Leah Shaper and David Moriello, AKA Diamond at Oppenheimer Ranch Project. And we have some upcoming events. Shumai October event. The Shumai is hosting a fall festival set for Sunday, October 15th. The morning program is from 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. and requires an RSVP and $10 fee. Visitors can learn how to make traditional Japanese food in a miso soup and sushi class for anyone six years old and older. Details on how to RSVP are coming soon. Check the, our website for a form to reserve your spot. The afternoon program is from 1.30 to 3.00 p.m. and requires no RSVP. These include tea ceremony booth, fee $5 for Japanese sweets and tea, $1 just for just matcha tea, calligraphy booth, origami booth, taiko booth at the amphitheater. The fun continues from 3.30 to 4.00 p.m. on the 15th with a Tyco performance at the Outdoor Amphitheater. Check the website, www.shoomycrestone.org. They are located at 3000 East Dream Way Road in Crestone. And taking a look at the calendar, on Tuesday, October 10th, the world-famous Glenn Miller Orchestra performs at 6.30 p.m. at Adams State University. The cost is $25. Wednesday, October 11th, Crestone End of Life Project Hybrid Meeting at Little Shepherd Church at 7 p.m. on Wednesday. Thursday, October 12th to the 15th, is that Crestone Poetry Festival. Their website, www.poemfest.com, for details and registration. Friday, October 13th, Baca Grand Associate Annual General Meeting. The P. BGA Annual General Meeting will be held at the POA Hall at 6 p.m. on Friday the 13th. And on Saturday, October 14th, there will be a prayer breakfast at Crestone Baptist Church from 8 to 10 a.m. It is free. Sunday, October 15th, Shumai's Japanese Fall Festival, 3000 East Stream Way. Check www.shumaicrestone.org for details. Sunday, October 15th to the 23rd, Fall Navrati, Adekanda Universal Ashram. Check their website, www.babajyashram.org for details. And on Wednesday, October 18th, the BGWSD online Zoom board meeting will be held from 9 to 10 a.m. Their website is bakawater.com. And in Moffitt, Joyful Journey Retreats will be held from October 12th to 15th for Embracing the Goddess at Rest an Extended Weekend for Women of Color. And in Alamosa, on October 13th, we have the Splashland Triathlon at 5 p.m. Splashland Swimming Pool, one mile north on State Highway 17, 5895 Colorado Highway 17, in Alamosa. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303-786-7777.